Position at the gates, Manda the Bahataya the Bronomosam de Bahai. Hallelujah. Bande Branoso Branema. Thank you, Father. Balebo Shanda Rabda. Oh, what a day. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for the power of vision, the power of persuasion. Thank you once again for a company of men and women. Yes, Lord, saints, a remnant company positioned at the gates this morning. Thank you, Father, for the grace to be called of you to enter into the activities of your spirit. Oh, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in you this morning. We celebrate you, Yahweh. We honor you. We glorify your name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of glory. He is worthy of beauty. He is worthy of majesty. We adore you this morning. Hallelujah. We celebrate you, Spirit of the Lord. We celebrate you, Spirit of the Lord. We glorify your name. We enthrone you this morning. You are worthy of glory. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of adoration. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a company of them called. Thank you, Lord, that I'm part of the company of them called into the newness, into the realities, into the unfolding of this new day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the breaking of a new day. Thank you, Father, for the grace to journey further with you. Thank you, Father, that we are part of the company of them, Lord. Yes, traveling with you on this straight and narrow path. I bless your name this morning. Thank you, Father, for everyone that will be joining, friends, loved ones, yes, that will be joining us this morning from different parts of the world. May they hear once again a clear and call. May they hear, oh God, a profound sound, oh God, that will align their heart once again, that will adjust them, oh God, on the path, yes, that you have ordained for us. We thank you once again this morning that our sight once again will be calibrated, recalibrated again to see into, yes, the nature of the day, even as we behold Christ, the pattern son, our savior, our king, our lord, our master. Father, I bless your name this morning. I rejoice in you. Thank you, Lord, that you've touched my lips. You've made my mouth like the pen of the ready writer. Lord, that I will speak forth a word in due season to the weary. Lord, that the weary will leave the place of weariness and come to the place of strength. And come to the place, oh God, of persuasion. Like Paul said, he's persuaded of one thing. That neither death nor life, angels, yes, nor demons, powers, principality can stop him. Nothing of the present or the future can stop him, yes, from remaining and walking and growing in your love. This morning, Father, we seek the understanding of that love, that agape, 
that allow us, oh God, to remain, to abide, to continue. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. I praise your name. I honor you. Once again, I adjust myself, yes, to the speakings of your spirit. Lord, I adjust myself, Lord, to the proclamation, to the declarations of heaven. Once again, I pray, oh God, that my soul, mind, and body, every part of my being, my entire faculty aligns to what your kingdom demands in this new day. Yes, I pray, oh God, that your kingdom come, that your will, once again, yes, find inroad and expression in my mind, through my mind, oh God, into the realms that you've called me, oh Father, to be positioned. Yes, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Our desire is to reflect, is to duplicate, manifest, is to bring down heaven, is to make this earth look like your divine intention from the beginning. Heaven is the pattern for the earth. Hallelujah. We bless you, oh God, this morning. Yes, the heaven is coming down. Your glory is coming down. Your presence is coming down. Your will is being done on earth. Yes, as we present our life to you this morning as a living sacrifice, according to Paul, speaking to the church of Rome, present yourself to him as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto him. In doing that, we enter into a day where our life becomes the conduit of the expressions of the intentions of God in the earth. Yes. It's from this order that we are able to establish that which is good and perfect. That which is good and acceptable. Yes, and the perfect will of God. That human body, particularly the body of the ecclesia, is the gateway, is the portal. Yes, is the, is the instrument, is the channel by which God transforms the earth. Oh, may this become a reality to us. May we walk in this knowledge that whenever God wants to move in the earth, he needs a people to walk through. He needs a body. That, this is the reason why we need to walk in sanctification. That is the reason why we need to live our life, hallelujah, in holiness. Holiness is not a form, it's a position, it's a lifestyle, it's a condition of thinking, hallelujah. <laughs> we thank you, Father. That we can live in holiness. That we can live whole mentally, emotionally. We can live whole physically, spiritually. That every part of our being aligns to your desire, to your desire and intention. Holiness unto the Lord. This is why we are called priests. The priest is holy unto the, unto the Lord. We are a sacred generation. We are a different breed. We are of a different order. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Oh, I just love to just proclaim and declare these things, friends. If you're watching me this morning, it's important that we know who we are. Uh, hallelujah. Our position of representation is so crucial. Hallelujah. To the acknowledgement of our identity in Christ. Those who don't know who they are can easily be swayed and be, and be distracted and be persuaded by all kinds of things and can easily be shifted and be and be tucked away from hallelujah what heaven has designed and ordained them to be this morning father we know who we are we know who, what you have called us to represent and we align to it this morning i align to your ways i declare that i am who you say that i am i am made in your image yes and the hairs of christ jointed with jesus christ i am joined with christ hallelujah i represent the order of heaven my life is a conduit a reflection of heaven on earth 
My mind is a reflection of the mind of Christ. I walk in the truth. I live via the truth. My life, hallelujah, yes, is connected, ever connected to the source. I'm planted with Christ, hallelujah. He is the vine. I'm the branch. The father is the husband, man. We are joined together. Hallelujah. I don't claim to be God, but I'm joined together. I have life in me. I have divinity in me. I have Christ in me. My body is the temple of God. Come on, say it this morning. Your body is the temple of God. No sickness, no disease, no infirmity can stay in my body. My mind, hallelujah, cannot, yes, flow in the directions of the systems of this world. Because my life, hallelujah, my mind is found in Christ Jesus. I am united with Christ. Paul knew these things. Men of old, women of old. The patriarchs, they knew who, who, they, who they are, who they were in Christ Jesus. How do you think that Enoch was able to walk the earth 365 years? Not turning, not meandering, not, not following a different voice. Walking with the Lord. There are inheritance we've got to come into, friends, in this new day. And this is why we've got to understand the principle of the dynamics of the kingdom the kingdom is not just a message it's a lifestyle it's an experience we must come into and this is why it is dynamic it is unique you can't find it on some religious you know religious gathering you have to collide with the kingdom when you collide with Christ have you, have you noticed that the man who God used the most to speak to us about the issues of the kingdom they collided with Christ. In particular, Paul collided with Christ. When you collide with Christ, you collide with the kingdom. Because everything the kingdom of God is and represents a source in Christ Jesus. And this is why we keep saying that the kingdom of God is not just about gathering information. It's about coming into a person. Ah, when Christ is seated, well seated in you, you will understand the ways of the kingdom. The dimensions of the operations of this heavenly order will be established in you. The values, the philosophy of the kingdom of God will be impregnated within your spirit. Nothing can stop you. No man, no devil, no entity, no situation, no circumstance can talk you out of that which you have come into. We are reclaiming our identity. The kingdom is an identity of that which is called Adam. We come into the nature of Adam. Adam, the second man. Adam, hallelujah. The one whose life is after the, after the order of the heavenly. The Bible says that is a man of the earth. That is a man from heaven. The heavenly man. The heavenly man is the nature of the kingdom. There are certain things we will never be able to comprehend through teaching. As powerful as teachings are, and we need them, and we will continue to press into them. But there are certain things they will impregnate, they will infuse into your life because you've come into Christ. These are the things called the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God. The days of the mysteries are here. You've got to know that you're of, of a different breed. You're of a different order. And this is the reason why this morning we're going to be touching about 
you know we're gonna be touching something about a man I great I greatly respect in the scripture yes we're gonna be looking at the Caleb's paradigm as we continue to understand what it means to take possession to occupy we have to have a longevity of spirit we have to know hallelujah yes the ability the capability amen to remain to remain stable to remain hallelujah unshifted that after 40 years the vision does not die hallelujah is renewed is refreshed morning by morning you have been awakened into a new day because you live within the order hallelujah of the of the of the of the glory of god the glory of god means that your life amen lives within that concept of eternality those who live in the glory never dies bible says though they die they will live again we are sustained by his glory we are sustained by his presence we are sustained hallelujah by his truth we are sustained by eating of him eat of me jesus said if you don't eat of me you have no part in me if you don't drink of me you have no part in me hallelujah daily we have communion not a religious thing people do in church daily we commune with him we have communion with him before i began this broadcast this morning i have a communion with him don't let the elements you understand yes put put you in some religious you know uh, uh, goose chase you live daily hallelujah in christ you must commune with him if you commune with him hallelujah yes he will commune with you he said if you draw near to me i will draw near to you god is looking for a breed in this season who will come into all the fullness of the promise the promise is a spiritual life is a spiritual dimension is a spiritual understanding when we come into all of that amen we will then begin to manifest the fruits of the things of god you see it has to be clear to us friends it has to be clear to us in us we will manifest we will exhibit what is called hallelujah yes the truth the living word of god and the word became flesh dwells among men come on friends this is where we're entering this is where we are coming where the truth where the written code hallelujah has become a living epistle known and read by men all men let's glorify his name this morning father we thank you we rejoice in you oh just living in that order of declaring see sometimes we just need to declare these things we just need we just we just need to proclaim these things you see if you know it you will declare it and that's why the entrance of our journey into the realities of god and his kingdom begins with the knowledge of god's word let the word of god dwell richly in your heart because you're going to be needing that word amen to transverse amen the earth you're going to be needing that word to make decision you're going to be needing that word to define your identity and define your value hallelujah you're going to be needing that word to chart the path that will allow you amen in the midst of death to live you're going to be needing that word so don't downplay the don't downplay downplay the place of God's word in your life. Continue to live and meditate. Let the word dwell in your heart richly. You live from the order of the treasure of the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh friends, welcome this morning if you're joining me. We're dealing with the principles of occupying till Christ return. 
these are the context of how we are going to live life in this end of days our life must be lived from a position of clear understanding of the of the of the demand of god of the prophetic requirement of god amen we have to walk in the full knowledge of heaven's you know our glorious counsels for this new day we have to understand everything that the spirit of god wants to but you see in every generation as we have been saying in every generation there are things the spirit of god wants to birth all right wants to bring forth uh, you know what i what i picture in my spirit is you see god has been restoring himself and restoring his truth and restoring his word in every generation from the days that adam fell amen god has you know on back on the principle of you know regeneration and reformation and transformation and restoration amen god is restoring truth back into our life god is restoring amen you know value standards god is restoring how man amen was designed to live amen and and you know and manage the earth when the first man abdicate his position and and goofed in the garden amen god sent another man christ who came and restored and gave to us, amen, the values, but he didn't just give to us, he laid for us the pattern of how, amen, our life once again can glorify and honor God. And the desire of God, amen, is for man to govern the earth. And governing the earth starts with governing our own life, allowing Christ, amen, to become the governor of our life, allowing our life, amen, to reflect the order, the standard, the values, the nature, the culture, the character, amen, of Christ. When God sees Christ in us, amen, yes, then his intentions for our life, because we cannot do it by ourselves, that we know, I'm sure by now you know that. That, you know, all this, you know, trying to work things up, trying to cook things up, trying to force things. It doesn't work. I'm sure by now you know that. Well, if you don't know that, I need to repeat it again. Religion does not work. And I mean the religion of the church. So when we say religion, it's important we understand that we're not just talking about Islam and Buddhism and all of those. You know, yes, those things don't work. But even the religion that we claim, amen, that we are practicing in the church does not work, amen. Human effort, amen, will only be, you know, will only be tantamount to zero. You, you will not understand and enter this thing by your own works. You have to come to the point and place of death. You die to yourself. You die to your ways. You die to your ideas. You die to your intention. You die to your program. And you die to the programs that has been infused, amen, to your mind, amen. Yes, by your own parents, amen, by society, you understand? You die to all of the things that the world says. You are. You die to all of those, all of those things and allow Christ to be formed in you. And that's why God has given us men and women leaders. Who, are, who have the vision, who have the understanding, amen, yes, to teach us, to build us unto Christ, amen, be formed in us. There's a process of the formation of Christ in us. We can never fulfill God's prophetic intentions and destiny for our life outside of the formation of Christ. You know, like I know that, you know, there's nothing as powerful as you being programmed to think in a particular way. I was listening to somebody and this guy was saying something that you know that that, 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 that is very profound he said knowledge all right it's not just about acquiring information that is good he said knowledge is that you develop you, you understand a sense of mastery and i believe so much in that because that's what i preach 
when I heard that, I said, wow, this just, you know, resonate deep within my spirit. You see, knowledge, the knowledge that would bring change is a knowledge that has become, you know, you know, part and parcel of our life. In fact, it's a knowledge that has become, you know, you know, our second nature that has become, you know, a muscle memory. I mean, before I, before I came here this morning, there were certain things that I do. I just do them natural. You know, I went to the toilet, you know, I brushed my teeth, you know, you know, I did those things that, you know, you would do daily. They become part of your life because there's so much of practice of those things. I mean, I began to teach my, you know, my, my son from age one plus, all right, how to brush, you know, that this part, you know, now he loves it. You, you, so that by the time he grows up, amen, he goes take his toothbrush and do it by himself. You, there are certain things, you see, we keep repeating this thing, keep until they become part and parcel of our existence. That a day is going to come. You won't even think of sinning. You won't think of it because it's no longer part of your DNA. Sin becomes a thing of the past. You see, one of the things that is hindering us from doing the things of God is because we are still selfish. We are still self-centered. And when you are self-centered, you live in sin when you are self-centered you will live in sin when you become selfless you will walk out of sin and walk into the glorious purposes of God for your life powerful if there's anything you need to hear from all the things I'm gonna be saying this morning this one is a powerful foundation when you are when you are self-centered there's no how you will not live in sin because sin thrives where self exists sin thrive where self exists the fuel of sin is self but when you die to yourself why do you say why do you think we keep saying die 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 the reason for death is for sin not to have a hold over us again <laughs> the reason why we die is for sin not to have control over our mind they say we who die no longer live for himself. When you die, you no longer live for yourself. No matter how you know well-informed, skilled, you know, influential you are, no matter how powerful you think you are, if everything is focused about you, you are gonna sin and you are going to stand in rebellion, in rebellion before God, and God is gonna you away they will reject you they will say sorry we know you're not sorry many are called few are chosen to be chosen you have to die to your own ways to your own beliefs to your own idea to your own philosophy we live in a world where people are selfish and are self-centered and that is why amen sin is the breeding the breeding ground amen for sin itself Are you with me friends if you're watching this morning this is a good word we cannot escape it we have to die to our own ways we have to die to our own desire we have to die to our own passion you have to die to your own dreams that's a better way to put it you know your dream is not God's vision <laughs> You have a dream. The dream, amen, is to fulfill something, to prove a point, amen, to the world. Are you getting me? Your dream, amen, is 
to prove to the world that you're not a failure. That is not God's dream. It's good, but it's not God's dream for you. God's dream is what God, amen, has ordained for your life before the earth, before the world began. And your first mission is to find it. Find it. Why am I alive? Why am I here? Because listen, the devil is not interested in anything than to destroy God's purpose, God's divine intention for your life. That's all the devil is after. That is what the enemy is after. I mean, for Moses' sake, many children died in, in, in Egypt. For Jesus' sake, many kids, many children died. One seed. Are you, are you getting this? You understand why so many things are happening around your life? Why you don't understand and you cry, you know? You whining, God, why me? Why me? No, it's because of something. That amen that carries divine purpose, that carries divine intention. And the enemy somehow, he, you know, he's got a win over that thing. He knows that thing. He, he's heard somebody say something about that thing. And he says, before that thing ever come to maturation, kill the seed. So if you're not aware, if you don't have a sense of you know awareness, you don't, and you cannot have a sense of awareness if you're not tracking with God because. Only God and the things of the Lord can open your mind, can open your sense of understanding. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He was ignorant of what he was doing. God wants to bring us into a day of clarity, of an awareness. It's in this understanding that we enter into certain position amen where we begin to amen live our life within the order within the value system within the structure of why we've been created i don't care how long you've lived on earth i don't care your age i want you to wake up I want you to wake up into the essence of your existence so you can begin to live. So that when you are warring, you know why you're warring and you can war that good, amen, war, amen, because you, you have a sense. I mean, people are fighting all kinds of things that they don't even understand why. I mean, how do you go to war? You don't even know why you're fighting. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I remember in the, in the early days where people were being, you know, called to join, you know, uh, this Russian-Ukraine war young people who didn't want to go to to war with ukraine no from russia no no we don't want to go did you see the number of people who are leaving their country leaving russia why because they, they don't see any you know reason to go to war there there is no even though they are being forced but they don't want to go that's the point but if you know the reason if you truly you are persuaded of why you need to go to war you are willing to, you are willing you are ready to lay down your life Listen, friends, you've got to come to a point in your life where you know why you're doing certain things. That you're not doing it because everybody's doing it. Where they say we must all go left, so we all go left. <laughs> I mean, that's programming. Many of us are living a life, amen, that has been programmed by society, programmed, amen, by government, programmed by religion, programmed by family, programmed by friends. We're just like, you know, you know a leaf being tossed here and there. You know, you, you have no sense of, of life. You have no sense of purpose. You have no sense of vision. The, the world you live in, your environment, your nationality is what defines you. 
Many people is their nationality that defines, amen. Yes, their passion. So when they say all the foreigners in South Africa must go, you also join them. All the foreigners must go. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're saying. You have no sense of, of purpose. You have no sense of identity. Or they say, well, oh, this is what we want everybody. No, no, no. Come on. Isn't time that you stop and ask yourself, why, why are we even doing what we're doing? What's the rationale? I can say this because I'm sent. I'm a sent one. And you speak as a sent one. A sent one is not afraid. In the, in the order of the life we live in, we're not bound by geography. We're not bound earlier by, you know, by, by, by culture, by environment. We're not bound by nationality. We're like a wind. Hallelujah. If any man being Christ is a new creation, do you know what that means? Your nationality, your identity, your culture, amen, becomes secondary. The most important thing when you come to Christ, amen, yes, is that now you live from the order of the heavenly life. You are now a kingdom citizen. And this is the reason why we've got to teach this thing from all aspects. So you don't have sight in one area, but you're blind in other area. No, we want you to have a full understanding. Because we're dealing with the people, amen, who must come to maturity so that the intentions of God, the counsels of God for the earth can come into, amen, completion. Are you getting this, friends? If we must enter into a day of occupying till Christ come, so many things must come into alignment. We cannot come into this thing, you know, with a frivolous mindset. We cannot enter into this order of life. We cannot come into the fullness, the fulfillment of God's intention without maturity. That's why they gave us, amen, the ascended gift, the fivefold ministry. All right? Train them, bring them to maturity. Have you noticed that the ministry comes after we are mature? So they can do the work of their ministry. You read Ephesians. You will see it there. That not novice. Children are not sent to the field to go and war. Come on. Did you hear what I said? Children are not sent. You know all those issues of child soldier you see. Have you seen that the life of children have been destroyed? Back in the days in Burundi. You still have them in Congo. All of, You see kids carrying guns. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a height of human crime. Child soldier. We don't want child soldier in the church, in the body of Christ. We want, you know, you know, people who have grown, who have developed, who have sat, who have... Have you not read the scripture? You will never see where God, amen, yes, intends to use a, a, a child to do something. Even when Jesus at the age of 12, amen, decided he was going to just, you know move straight into his ministry and say no 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 it doesn't work like that or else he would have set a standard for us and that's why sometimes I warn you know parents because your child knows the bible because your child or has a good memory and can quote scripture and can do this and go put the child in front of you know you know another pulpit and people are laughing and you see that the child is trendy you know that is one of the ways to destroy the life of a child to bring a child that has not come, you see, being able to quote scripture and even being able to preach, all right, it does not mean that the child is mature. 
Come on. If you look look through the social media, you will see certain kids. They are put out there. You know, they are trendy. You know, 50,000 followers. You are destroying that seed. The enemy is coming for children like that. The thing you think is wise. That a child is gifted. But the child has not come of age. And you push out that, that child there to, to be, you know, it's, it's all entertainment. We really we live in a world where people look for anything to entertain them. We're not better than the days of the gladiators. <laughs> Ouch. You know, we, we, where people are thrown to lions, you understand? Yes. You know, to be killed and all of that for clapping, just to be entertained. Our churches have become entertainment center. Christianity has become, you know, entertainment. Oh, another child comes. Another child can sing. And you unduly expose that child, expose that gift. And you wonder why that child, you know, growing up cannot, you know, compute, cannot do certain things, cannot understand certain They end up backsliding. They end up, you know, serving the devil. Because we have plucked the fruit before they are ripened. Well, I'm sure somebody, the Lord certainly wants somebody to hear that. We come in of age. And to come of age, we have to understand all the various angles that heaven, amen, requires of us. We must know everything. We must hear everything. We must understand every order, every dimension of our life. We cannot occupy. Listen, occupy till Jesus comes is not for the immature. I'm saying that. Let me repeat again. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not just for gifted people. Have you seen how gifts have brought down our heroes, our leaders? If only, amen, all God requires just giftings. Ah, by now, we would have, the job would have been finished. There are men who have gone ahead. Who run with the gift. But the enemy saw their weakness. And he capitalized on that. He chopped them down. Many a times we are moved by giftings. We are moved by what people have done, but we don't look at their character. We don't look, amen, at their position, their standing in the earth. We don't look, amen, at their lifestyle as in relating to God's divine value system, as in relating to God's counsel. But we see giftings and we're like, oh, hallelujah. That's why today we also have, you know, Christian idols. It's all giftings. We want to be we want to be entertained. We sample things, we look at things, but we sample them. That's why you know jo- you know jo- Joshua, you know, had an issue because when the Gibeonites came, is it the Gibeonites? Yes, when they came, they came around, you know, with lies and deception. They came and showed Joshua. They said, see, Joshua, the warrior, the man of war, the man of power. Remember. I'm talking about this morning. I'm going to be, in fact, not, I'm going to be, I'm already talking about the concept of the paradigm of Caleb. That's what we're going to be entering. All right. I want us to look at something that makes Caleb different. There are truths, amen, lying around that we've got to understand. Joshua, amen, was a contemporary of, you know, of Caleb. Warrior, but lacked sight. Failed in the order of, you know, discernment. They know you're powerful, then they know that there are areas, amen, 
that they can bypass that they can you know you know meander their serving to your state into your life and so <laughs> joshua was still standing with his army nobody could stand them but this 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 you know gibeonites <laughs> you've got to understand where we're what we're entering this end of days the higher we go in the things of the spirit the more susceptible we are the higher we go in the things of the spirit the more the father we go in our crusade of taking hallelujah the nations and you know and seeking to conquer the more we must be more discerning we must be more careful little things is what can bring you down from that high position there's any day, if there's any time we need to be more careful, it's in this season. See, there's a kind of things that God will overlook when we are young. You know, just young doing, you know, young, young people do silly things. When you're young, you do silly things, you do foolish things, and they overlook it. But as you come of age, as you mature in the things of the spirit, you cannot afford. I mean, not at this stage of my life, I cannot afford to make a mistake. Every decision you make at this stage must be well calculated. Every decision you make, amen, at this point, you must be well informed. You must be alert. You must be able to hear this is what God, amen, is requiring of you. You can't do things, amen, frivolously. You can't do things out of your own desire. You can't do things out of your own flesh. Everything we do from this stage has to be done because that is what heaven, amen, has sanctioned. Even if the world goes against it, even if the world don't like it, even if, amen, the church don't like it, but that's what God is saying. That is what you do. Can you live in that order of a life? Can you be secure in that which God has said? That's why we say one of the most important things in this end of days is to be able to hear the voice of God. My sheep, my sheep, not the sheep that sound like God, that looks like God, not the sheep, amen, that pretend to be following God. My sheep hears my voice, the voice of a stranger. They will not follow. The voice of a stranger came into the camp sounding in a pious, sounding wonderful, sounding nice. And people come to deceive you. Can you identify it? And will come with a different, you know, value system, different belief system, a different spirit. Can you identify? The Gibeonites came. They showed Caleb. Of course, after lying to him, they said, look at, you know, the bread. When we bake this bread, when we, when we, we come in to pay homage, you know, we bake this bread fresh, fresh. Just look at the bread. It's all dry, still. When we when we left our place, look, you know, this wine skin was filled with wine. Everything was okay. The wine skin is dry. The Bible says, and Caleb took it and sampled it. We live in a day where we want to sample so many things. He sampled it. Bible says, and they did not inquire of the Lord. That's the world we live in today. Particularly those of you working in the marketplace. Listen well and listen well. Like we have said, the marketplace, amen, is the battleground of the end of days. Where's that scripture again? The marketplace is the battleground of the end of days. Where did I put that scripture? I don't know where I put it. Let's see. Yes. 
The marketplace is the melting point of spirit. Issues of economy is about spiritual engagement, it's about spiritual warfare. You want to quickly, you know, make that decision, sign that thing, run there, run here. You are not tracking the spirit. You are not listening. You are not inquiring of the Lord. Oh, you're going to pay a huge price. Caleb, you know, assume. You don't want to assume or presume in this end of days. He sampled it. As if his brain, as if his intelligence was good enough. <laughs> That's what it means to sample. I'm so, I'm so brilliant. Or you sample it based on the victory of yesterday. You use yesterday's victory, amen, to judge today's battle. You are going to be defeated. I know you prayed yesterday, but this one they are bringing you into require a different kind of prayer because listen every battle is unique there are no two battles amen there are there are no two kinds of war no there are no two wars looking alike every battle is unique every challenge is unique because there's something they want to let you learn no amen as they bring that they may look alike but they are unique the battle you faced yesterday and the one you're facing today may look as if they are the same. They're not the same. That's why you never find Jesus, amen, perform the same kind of miracle. No, everything Jesus did, amen, were very unique. Somebody said Jesus never performed the same kind of miracle twice. There's always new strategy, amen, yes. If he's not spitting on the ground today, all right, and I'm pasting somebody's eyes with mud and sending them, amen. He's lifting his hand and raising that person up. It's the same spirit, but various dimensions of expression. Are you getting this, friends? Your wise skin of yesterday must be different from today. We searched that scripture not too long ago of, you know, of was a Moab refusing to be poor from system to system. Want to stay in the same spot. Believe the same thing. See the same thing. You are going to be left behind. This voice may sound a bit challenging. May sound a bit hard. Yes, it's because of the nature of the days we've been brought into. The culture that we, that, that we have been ushered into is a culture that wants to slay not just you, but your kids and your children's children. They, listen, this culture wants to destroy. This culture does not want you to fulfill the great command, the great amen, commandment, amen, the great commission. Don't you ever think that the devil is going to fold his hand and just watch you? You know, start another, you know, kingdom initiative <laughs> and start maybe another church, if you call it that. Or you want to start another business? No, the devil knows. Why do you think the business of that, you know, ungodly man is prospering? But the, the business, amen, of the godly one is struggling because it's a war. Because the devil knows, amen, what your intentions are regarding. If he, he knows that if you start that business and it succeed, his kingdom, at least in that era, amen, will suffer. So it's not by chance that, you know, you're going through certain things. You're a child of God and your life, amen. You're seeking God. You're doing the things of God, but you're the one suffering the most. 
People just think that, okay, because I've given my life to Jesus and I've done all of the things they ask us to do, I've, I, I pay my tithe, you know. When you when you pay your tithe, he thinks I'm just going to go smooth. We, we, we do all this thing as if, you know, there's some formula that if I do X, Y, Z, this will, no, it doesn't work like that. There are war, there are battles. The world is about battle. The world is a battleground because the first man abdicated it. Amen. The devil took charge. Now God is calling us, empowering us, amen, to take back. And we have to take back, not by might, not by power. We have to take back because in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. We take back by hearing, by listening, by following, by responding to his voice. For the first time, Caleb listened to himself. Listen to the committee. It's good to have, you know, people that we can talk to, that we can, you know, bounce things over. But at the end of the day, when you want to make a decision, what has the Lord said? What is God saying? Caleb sampled, excuse me, Joshua sampled the thing. You find that, I think it's in Joshua chapter 6. He sampled it. He looked at it, ah, these people are right. No, they're wrong. Oftentimes, what seems right might just be wrong. All of the things that we're talking about is a condition of a life we have to build. Is a condition of spiritual, amen. Yes, character, value system we have to build. You see, the things of the spirit must be built within you. You know, for the past, you know, few days now. The Lord has just been leading me to just stay in the place of prayer. And as I was praying yesterday, I began to see myself, you know, you know, patting ways in the spirit. Like, you know, you're just patting the Red Sea. You're just patting things. That's the way, you know, that's the way I see myself. You know, sometimes when you're praying, you, you, you kind of have, you know, a vision of what you are praying. And I'm praying in tongues. Of course, I'm praying in the spirit. But I could almost see what, you know, my prayer was doing. You know, I could see it. I could see it. I could see that, I could feel that this prayer, all right, you know, when you when you get to certain point in your prayer, you could basically begin to feel what that prayer is for, even though you're not praying in your own understanding, you're praying in the spirit, but I could almost feel that this is the direction of the prayer, and the more I'm praying, I'm doing this, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and you're hurt to me, you're paving way in the spirit, amen, you can't see it, and that's why the Bible says, you know, spiritual things are foolish to the kind of mind, you know, the religious kind of mind will be like, well, what well, God's going on now. No, no, no. The more I realize I'm doing that, the more I press into it because I know, hallelujah, we win the battle first in the spirit before we win them in the natural. We win first in the spirit. And that's why you've got to, you know, know what you do on social media. Don't let social media, you understand, become a distraction to your spiritual development. I'm not saying don't 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 be on social. Of course, I'm on social media right now. You can listen through this channel. But what I'm saying is, know what you're doing. Amen. This is not the time to waste your time, to waste your you know resource and be just be scrolling sc scrolling all around on social media. No, and be posting things that you're not supposed to post. No, use the time to build things, to build hallelujah capacity, build competence, hallelujah, build a sense of spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Let wisdom build you. Come to the place where you can discern, where you understand. You see, if you don't have a prayer life, how can you discern? 
If you don't have a prayer life, how can you walk in the nature of, of agape? If you don't have a prayer life, how can you, amen, resist the devil? If you don't have a prayer life, hallelujah, how can you have the ability, amen, to want to really love God, worship God, amen, stay in the things of God? It's not going to happen. Spiritual things don't happen like that. You've got to build them. Back in the days when, you know, I, I, we, we, I started ministry in, the, you know, the early 90s. There were people that, you know, I, I used to admire. We grew together. We walked together in the things of the spirit. You know, many of those people today, and I'm sorry to say, and I'm not just being funny, but many of those people today have been captured by religion. Many of them, amen, have in fact backslidden, but they are just, you know, living under the same atmosphere of the old you remember the concept of the old prophet amen the old prophet is not about the age it's about not moving with god amen it's about not moving with the times and the seasons of god amen yes you want to camp around what god did you know some 30 years ago in your life no 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 you're going to be at default you must be journeying with god the things of god amen is a journey we journey with god and sometimes in your journey, they will ask you to leave certain things. Leave your father's house, Abraham. Leave that which you are used to. And when you come into the new, it's like you're starting afresh. You're not starting afresh. If you check the spirit, you, you, you will see that you have grown. The people may look at you, you know, the things of the spirit are very funny. People want to build a legacy. How do you build a legacy in the spirit? A legacy is not that you build, you know, a 10,000 church, you know, sita, and then, you know, you build a wall around it, you know, and just come there and you never move on to the next thing God wants you to do. Are you understand? A, a legacy is not about, you know, trying to find security because the world is about, you know, everywhere trying to find a security. You know, you, you, once you build something, all right, you got that job, you've got that God knows what, you build something around, you build a security around it, nobody comes, you know, touch that thing. But God, amen, in, in, in his walk with you, will say, okay, now you've done that, that's very good, let's leave it. You want to move on, go to another land, go to another territory, talking about possessing, go to another place and establish the same thing, leave that thing, move to another place. You don't understand the ways of God. When you, when you attach yourself to the things God has used you to build, you will never enter into the fullness of the realities of the kingdom of God. You know what I just said now? When you attach yourself, there's a sense of attachment. We, you know, we, we're bringing into the things God have used us to achieve. God have used us to build. God have used us to inquire, you know, to acquire. See what my hand of God, see what we have done. When you live in that kind of a mentality, I'm telling you, even when God is speaking to you, you will say, devil, get thee behind me. I mean, a guy waited for a promise 25 years after after he received the promise the lost is to take that same promise that i've given to you all right take him take take him to you know one of those you know a, a mountains in in the land of moriah i'll show you that mountain there i want you to sacrifice that mountain that that you know that seed for me oh god that cannot be god the devil get it behind me that's what we're going to be saying today talking about isaac abram waited for isaac 25 years he's been waiting Caleb, excuse me, Joshua sampled it and he missed God. He went into covenant, he went to a treaty, into a, a treaty with an enemy without him knowing. See, the strategy of the enemy is very subtle in this last day. 
and it's not something that you know is so strange we just need to check the word of God as it is then so it is today what kind of a life did you know Enoch lived they was able to walk with God when you're on earth there are things that you are required to do there are demands the demand of the days of, of Enoch did not stop him from working with God Enoch was not distracted by that one thing Noah was not distracted by that one thing he was called to do oftentimes when you're called to do one thing you don't understand we 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 get first of all we get to be distracted secondly you know we we seem not to get you know joy from that one thing because we want to do 10 things we want to do what that church is doing what the brothers do what the sisters do well they are not doing they are now doing you know a, a prophetic you know prophetic dancing <laughs> you understand so we also must bring prophetic dancing into no they called you amen to do xyz to do one thing they didn't ask you to do that no, no, because you are insecure in your giftings, because you are insecure in the calling, because you are insecure in the place that they are positioned you. So you also must copy them. Yeah? You copy them at the end of the day, you become a carbon copy. You've lost your originality. Hallelujah. We get threatened by giftings. We get threatened. Come on, come on, come on. In fact, yesterday the Lord was speaking to me about that. We get threatened by, you know, other people's giftings. I mean, God distributes the gift to the church as He wills. They give the gift to us based on our level of faith. If they know you could do that thing, if they know that is what they want you to do, they would have committed the same grace, the same ability, the same, you know, whatever into your hands. But they didn't give you that. So that which they gave to you, you take it and you go and bury it. And you are admiring someone else because all right, what that person is doing is bringing crowd. Listen, your own crowd may just be three. And that three will change the world. God is very strategic. I'm sure you've heard of the, the story of Billy Graham. How believe Graham got saved? God asked a man right, to do a crusade. They did a crusade. And only one boy got saved. <laughs> and that boy was Billy Graham. The ways of God. Sometimes you wonder, am I just going to sit with these few people? Build your life and empower those few people. They put you in a community. Impart that little community. Out of that community, greatness will come forth. If that's what God wants. And who, who told you how to define greatness? How do you define greatness? How do you define success? Hello? Imagine... the great leaders, the great servants of God, or let's not even say church, let's talk about other fields, the great scientists, you know, the great philosophers. Imagine if those people did not, if their husband and wife they never came together, 
the guy and the girl never came together and married, how would they have given back to that great scientist? Hello? The Einsteins of this world were born by somebody. The best of, amen, the, the leaders we, we've, we've read about in the world were born. Hello? Jesus was born. But Mary, she carried Jesus. I, I'm just helping us to get, you know, a perspective of these things. Sometimes we get carried away. No, no, no. I, I want to be like them, you know, them Susan. Can't you see what the Susans are doing there? No, no. It, it is the, it is the, you know, you know, in the Pakistan. You see what the, the Pakistans are doing? No, see what, you know, the, the Johnsons are doing? No, no, no. Who told you to be focused on what they're doing? You've not come to who you are, what you are sent for. This one thing. When you are not focused on God's intention, you can be misled by what may sound and look like success. Oftentimes, you don't know what people are going through in their house, in their home. If people open their mouth and tell you what is behind that, you know, thing you see outside that looks wow. All you see and you go, woo. Then you start coveting. You start coveting. I said, we in the church, Christians, we are threatened by other people's grace and giftings. Men of God are threatened by other people's grace and giftings. Rather than, you know, celebrate, appreciate, and enhance. In fact, expose that giftings. They will find a way to quench the fire because they don't want you to be better than them. So we compete. Come on, Lord. Speak to us this morning. We compete. We fight. You see somebody is able to give clear prophetic word. No. You, you begin to think in your heart. Why, 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 why didn't God allow me to give that word? Why didn't God use me to do that thing? You see, you're not dead yet. Rather than celebrate the grace and the gift of God in the life of people, now we find a way of blocking it, of shutting it down. I mean, this is one of the reasons why God has raised somebody like me to go out there and build people. So you don't die in the wall of that thing you call a church. Or you think it's empowering you, it's killing you. And I'm not saying all churches are like that, but most of the churches that I know, they don't want you. Have you seen how people, when they see the man of God, they, they go down. They, they, you, you can respect the man of God, but not to make the man a demigod. Every time a man of God solicits honor, from you every time a woman of God solicits, you understand respect from you it's a witchcraft spirit listen honor respect for the people of God must come natural just like you pay your fight it's something natural but somebody have to threaten you for something listen to this that is a place you should run away from because you will never come of age they are like Saul would like to kill and pin David on the wall Are you following friends? In some home is your family. We read that scripture the last time. Members of your own household 
will betray you. Why would they betray you? Because they don't know the identity. Because they respect the system. They respect the state. They respect and they're afraid of the repercussion if they don't compromise. Of course, that is what will lead for, you know, parents to betray their own kids. Why would you want to do that? I told you earlier on that self is the fuel for sin. I can't imagine myself betraying my son, betraying my, my daughter. I cannot imagine that. Yeah, you better kill me first. You better just kill me first. Never. You see, there are certain values we have to build into our life. I told us not too long ago in the kind of wickedness and perversion the world we live in today where you see a father go and rape his own daughter. We see it here in the nation of South Africa and I know it happens in other but it's so rife that you know people don't even talk about it again. But we want to expose this thing because the more we, we speak about this thing we expose that spirit. Imagine for you to rape your daughter first of all you must have looked at her lustfully. Some people, some mothers will push their child to go join in a prostitution to bring money, to make money. What kind of a poverty hit your mind that you will push your daughter, you tell your daughter to go sell her body so you can get money to buy milly meal in the house. Something must be wrong with your brain. I'd rather go on the street and beg. There, there are certain things that are just no-go area. Let me, tell, let me bring it down more. You sit in the same house, amen, with your kids and you're drinking. You're drinking the spirit and you're drinking the beer. You stand in front of your kids and you're smoking. And you don't even think that something, you know, is wrong with that. Something, amen, a screw has been locked or been removed from your brain. Something's wrong with you. We, we, we have come to make this thing the norm. No, they are the abnormal. They are not norm. You promote your children to dress in a wayward way. Their skirt is micro meaning. And then you wonder why, amen, you know, somebody wants to chase them or your uncle, amen, you know, you know, start sleeping with, with, with that girl. And you wonder why. No, you create, you lay the foundation. Because when your child is dressing in a way that should not, you should have told that child, no, go and remove that top. You don't expose your boob. You don't expect, expose your bombs. No, from the order that we come from, these things are abomination. We don't accept it. No, no, but it must be done. Your child is still young. He's still, in fact, three, four years old. Now you allow that child to be putting on lipstick and you think that's fine. No, it's not fine. Because the more you the moment you do that, you are sounding an alarm to the you know to the past of darkness in the area of perversion and sex and say, My child is ripe to be raped. To be molested. This is the reason why the nation of South Africa is facing the kind of you know challenges. I mean, issues of sexual perversion in this nation is just it's just crazy. It's like no how, but we can see it is all values that parents are promoting, and of course that government sanctions. But government cannot sanction something that parents, amen, don't want. So government basically is approving what parents want. We're talking about occupying till Christ's return. 
This is where we stand from, start from. You cannot want to carry the glory of God, the presence of God, but your entire life contradicts the value system of heaven. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. You see, sight is not just about seeing what God is doing. It's also about, amen, seeing the things that God does not want. You should be able to see certain things and say, ah, 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 that will not please God. That will not glorify God. That will not honor God. But everybody does it. The Joneses are doing it. All right. Yes. The James love it. You understand? Yes. They can do it. They can do it. But that's not you and you are not them. Because you want to protect the seed, the heritage God has given to you. Have you noticed that when Adam and Eve goofed in the garden and in chapter 4, when they gave birth to kids, the Bible said they gave birth to kids after their kind, not after the image of God. They were born in the image of God. They goofed. They missed it. The child they gave birth to was after their own kind. What was their own kind? The fallen soulish nature. Because that's what they fell into. We cannot talk about occupying till Christ come and we don't deal with all of these things. We can't be dealing with things on a surface. Surface, surface, surface. While the real things are embedded, the culture is still controlling us. The philosophy is still controlling us. We're still being programmed by the world system. If you don't go to that church where they're controlling you, manipulating you, you still don't feel that you have worshipped God. But you can see what is going on. And please, I'm not promoting that people should not go to a place of fellowship. No. If, the, if it's a place where they build you, encourage you, empower you. And somebody says, well, no church is perfect. Who told you that? Perfection is not what we do by strength. Perfection is living at the order, at the structure, at the value system of God's word. Just like there's no home that is perfect, but they expect you as a father, as a mother, to do what is right. They can't be living a wayward life and say, because nobody is perfect. And your child starts behaving wayward. And then you want to beat the child to death come on that's injustice everybody in the house follow the pattern of what they see either from the father or from the mother churches amen are reflection of the spirit of the set man the same with a business. If you don't have a value system that defines and runs, let's just say I'm just talking about church. Have you noticed that even your business, like I always say to people, your business is designed, amen, yes, to reflect the glory of God in the earth. People who are doing business in the world, they know where they went to source their power. I've shared this several times. When Steve Jobs was suffering, amen, and couldn't get things right, when he started, you know, Apple and all of that, when they were into all kinds of challenges, he went to India. He went to sit with the gurus. He went to consult, amen, yes, the spirits. 
So don't think just because you've got this iMac and you've got that, you know, latest phone. There's a spirit behind that thing. The initiator, hallelujah, initiated that thing from connecting to certain spirits. There is no business, there is no service, there is no, you know, company out there that are not connected to spirits. If you make your findings, if you have the eyes that has been opened, even in their logo, you will see the spirit. <laughs> so the question is, what do you want? What do you want of life? What kind of a value system? You see, I preached a message um, two days ago, night on YouTube. On YouTube, I just finished praying and I was just about to go to bed. And the Lord said to me, you know, I was like, why don't you share a bit of this thing with the people? One thing that you need to be persuaded of. There's so many things, friends, I don't know. And there are still areas in my life that I'm confused about. <laughs> and I think that will be there till Jesus comes because he doesn't show you everything. He doesn't tell you everything. And you don't need to know everything, but certain things you just must know. And one of them is that amen, you're sure of your calling, you're sure of the grace of God upon your life, and you're sure that when they ask you to go this direction, that they are the one telling you, that it's the Lord telling you, and you're willing to go through it. Every other thing that happens, the world may be collapsing. Well, that's not your business. If the world is collapsing, they will tell you where to go and hide. When the when famine was declared in the land, they said to the prophet, you know, <laughs> go to the brook. When the brook died, they said, leave the brook, go to Zarephath. There's a woman waiting for you there. There are certain things that we bother about. No, no, it's not your, it's not your, your you know, it's not your duty, it's not your place. You just do that one thing they've told you. And one of the one things that I see the Lord is telling me, in, in me, 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 is that you've got to be assured of your calling. Because when you are sure of your calling, amen, then death, life, angels, demons, you understand? Things present or things to come will not be able to sway you, derail you, amen, from that one calling. The first and the most important thing in your life after your salvation and your love for God is your calling. It defines every other thing. It defines your home. It defines your marriage. It defines your children. Your children don't come first. No. The kind of kids children they give to you, the kind of wife they give to you, amen, are all designed to work and align with that one thing, that one calling. When that one fails, every other thing, be rest assured, they will fail. It's only a matter of time. Because that one calling, that one thing, will, will help you to know how to shape their life in the place of prayer as a mother. When you know God's intention for your life, amen, and you see that intention flowing as a river into the life of, you know, your immediate environment, vis-a-vis -vis your home, your family, your kids, your children, you will know how to pray. That, that one thing will wake you up 1 a.m. and start making decrees and start praying, hallelujah, yes, and, and that one thing will tell you the kind of education you should give to them, hallelujah. 
We want to know so many things. But we are not sure of that one thing. And I began to pray along that one thing. That one thing has kept me for the past 30 years plus of my life serving the Lord. The Lord said, this one thing, this thing you've got to be, I, I want you to renew yourself and be refreshed because all kinds of war and battles are coming left, right and center. This must keep you at this, you know, dark season, at this dark period, at this trying times. This one thing must keep you. If you lose that, you've lost everything. If you lose that, like Samson, you may be holding the house. The house is going to collapse on you. You cannot afford to lose sight. It's the power of vision. It's the power of what? Vision. What do you see? What are you seeing? Listen, vision is not just about how you see the immediate. A true vision will show you the future and will sustain you even when you're going through hell in the present. When you think you've lost everything, vision will say lift your eyes. Look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. The power vision. Vision will keep you through the days, through the seasons, through the years, through the decades. I told you earlier, people I always started ministry with, my contemporary, many of them, if you look at them today, many of them are bishops. In fact, some of them have become archbishops. <laughs> They, are, they, they, they have a lifestyle of light, you know, larger than life. I'm sure some of them, if I dared say I want to go see them, I will have to sign, you know, sign a paper before seeing them. That is how, you know, big, that is how influential they are. But before God, heaven no longer knows their name. They've, they, 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 they've, they've bit the baits. They've eaten the apple or whatever fruit, you know, Adam ate in the garden. <laughs> you understand? But they are massive. They are big. But they no, they no longer have a place before the Father. You say, how do you know that? Because the Lord will tell you, will speak to you. And you will see it by their fruit. These are people we used to pray together. We used to bat things in the spirit together. But they were very ambitious. You see, you can be ambitious with the things of God. And that ambition will disqualify you from the vision. I told, I told us one time about the guy called, you know, Amos. The Amos. This guy was highly skilled. You can read that in the scripture, I think, in Chronicles about, you know, Amos, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the general of David. Wanted somebody to go give the news to David that his son is dead. Somebody who is gifted and who is mature. This guy Amos came and said, no, he's going to go because he's a good runner. He, he, can, he can speed. They said, sorry. Today, it's not you. 
you're not chosen. You're not called to do this work. <laughs> this guy got angry. He said, no, let me go. I want to run. I'm the, you know that I'm the best. You know there's nobody in the land that run as fast as me. And after all, the king has seen all right, my thrive. The king has seen my gifting. The king knows me. Let me run. They say, sorry, not today. This one, this mission is not for you. <laughs> highly gifted, highly talented. You see, your talent is not enough. Your gifting is not enough. God help us, friends. When I look at the life of this man, I get scared. Let me see if I can, if I can, you know, quickly trace him in my, I'm not sure if I can quickly do that in my, uh, um, my iPad. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. But if, don't worry, the, the, the sound has stopped. But please don't worry. Yes. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Because I, I, I need you. You find it in 2 Samuel verse 18. You find it from 2 Samuel verse 18. You read all of that. 2 Samuel from, you know, from verse... Um, in fact, just read 2 Samuel, uh, um, I think it's, yes, 2 Samuel... 18 yes 2nd Samuel 2nd Samuel 18 you take it from verse 22 all the way to 24 alright in, in my book alright you know uh, uh, um, the principle of spiritual fitness remember that book I wrote that was the last book I wrote this year alright the principle of spiritual fitness is the last chapter of that book alright the spirit of Amos, 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 actually, Amos is A H I M A Z, Amos, the spirit of Amos. God help us. Friends, if we are going to do what God has called us to do, and I don't want to go into all of that because that's a whole chapter, but you find it there, all right? Yes, you find it there. You find it there. It will speak volumes to you. As this scripture continued to speak to me. You understand? They said, no, it's not for you to go. It's not your calling. No, he said, I want to go. The king knows me. They said, sorry. We're not sending you. He said, no, I must go. They said, let us send the Kushite. The Kushite, I think, I'm just thinking. Why, why, why did they refuse Ahimaaz to go? He's gifted. He's talented. You understand? The king knows him because they've seen amen, what he can do. I mean, if you have somebody who is, I mean, nobody today, you talk about South African, you know, a, 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 a rugby, you know, you know, champ, you know, you know, championship that you will not mention the name of those guys. You know them, you know, I mean, I, I watch, you know, I watch a clip where, you know, uh, uh, you know, the president of South Africa, you know, how to call the captain. You know, he called the captain of, you know, the, you know, the, the rugby, you know, a team. He was speaking to, you know, to, to, you know, to this guy. I mean, can you imagine? That is a gift making room for you. That is a gift making room for you. But in the sight of God, that is not enough. In the sight of God, in handling kingdom things, your giftings are not enough. I've not even touched Caleb yet. I, I use him, but... This morning, we're dealing with Caleb. Caleb, the paradigm, the spirit of Caleb. The ability to continue to hold on. Yes. They must, and and here, here is the, here's what the Lord just spoke to me now. I just picked this in my spirit. 
you know, they may not allow you to run today. That doesn't take your gift from you. That doesn't take your talent from you. It just means that today is not my day. It just means for whatever reason, it just means that today is not my day. I wait for my day. You see, your day is coming. My day is coming. I know my day is coming. There have been prophetic words coming. You know, people giving me prophetic word. Your days of, of hiding in the cave is, ov is over. We're bringing you out. God wants to bring you out. And I'm saying, yeah, that sounds exciting, God. But am I truly ready for a global ministry? All right, I know I'm doing a global ministry. We've got people following us from, you know, even from China. I've got people following us on my, on my you know, a, a blog. You know, yes. From, I see people from Philippines, from China, you know, from the Caribbeans. I see people from, you know, a different part of the world. Of course, from America. In fact, you know, you know, my largest followers, you know, people would think, well, this is just what you do. No, this is just another part of the ministry. You understand? Yes. My, my real ministry, you understand, is on my blog. I've got people following. If I if I take a screenshot and show you the nations of people, or you know, on my you know, uh, 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 you know, podcast, you know, platform, the, you know, the audio plot. I mean, people from different part of the world, places that I will never have thought of. Yes, they are all following. How did they know me? I don't know. But there's an announcement. So if I sometimes I'm, I'm broadcasting and you see maybe five, ten people, I will be a fool to think I'm just speaking to five. No, 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 no. I'm speaking to nations. And I mean literally nations. So I understand what God is doing in my life. But I'm still saying, God, am I really ready? Am I truly ready? Not because I'm afraid. Not because, I mean, if you've been in ministry for 30 years, you must be doing something at least that is touching lives for people to be following, for people to be coming back. I can see through the analysis. I see what they are listening to, you know. And all those analyses is, is to tell you, okay, this is what you may your listener life. So you you keep keep promoting that. No, I don't do that. I come and I give the word that God has given to me because it's not about me. It's not about, about trend. It's not about oh, well, we see the graph is going up on this area. This is the kind of message they like. No, as the Spirit of God gives me the word, I come, I deliver. Because you may like it today. Somebody may be coming tomorrow that may need what I'm saying today. Is somebody listening? So your gift is not enough. This thing is not. They gave us a gift to enhance the calling. They gave us the gift to enhance the ministry. But you cannot build a ministry on a gift. And that is why I said earlier on. Today, we're so insecure because of the giftings. People will chase you because of the giftings. Not because they really, you know, feel a connection. Not because, you know, they see themselves as part of your tribe. Not because they love you, but they love your giftings. <laughs> because of the oil, the virgin loved thee. Have you read that before in the book? Because of the oil, the virgins, they love you. They say on that day... We just want to bear your name. We will eat our own food. <laughs> we will live where we want to live. But just let us bear your name. We just want to associate with your name. So you can take the shame away from us. Just let us be connected to you, Isaiah Phillips. No, they just want to connect to that grace and giftings. They don't know who Isaiah Philip is. They don't know the burden. They don't know your challenge. They don't know your struggle. They don't know your impediments. They don't know your limitation. Isaiah Philip has got impediments. I've got limitation. But you see, the grace and the gift of God covers all those things. 
If you are not excited about those things, you would have you would have bought into Isaiah and not to realize that wait a minute, this is not what I bargained for. People make decisions based on just the outward look. Who is this man? What is behind all of this thing? That's how you get to know. Henceforth, know you know, man, after the flesh. If I tell you all of the things that is locked in this effing vessel, you look at the vessel like, wow. But do you know what makes that anointing? Your pain, your need, your lack, your limitations, your fear, your doubts. Those are part of what makes the anointing, my brother, my sister. You want to marry a man of God? Do you understand all of the things that makes the man? Or you just see somebody in nice suit and you know nice ring and nice car. You understand? You know, and he can talk well. You understand? And he's got charisma. And he's got charismata. And he's got moves. You understand? Yes. And you're like, Ooh, wow. <laughs> you run after that. You're foolish. You see, Abigail, she was wise. Though she married a foolish man. Yet, he was able, amen, to intercede on behalf of the husband before David. She showed insight. She showed honor, respect. She, she, she showed wisdom. David could not resist Abigail. This is the kind of a woman I want as a king. In this end of days, we don't just want any kind of a woman who comes because they think you've got something. Or marry you because they think you've got something that they can use to leverage. They, they can use to show, to, you know, to, to, to display something. No, the things of God don't work like that. After years of marriage, only for you to realize that, no, you never loved me. You love certain things you saw. But the things that defines me, that, 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 that makes me me, you were never interested in it. You never understood that. What a world we live in. Love is not about all of these things that we see. All of these things that we see. No. No. You've got to know. And listen, we've got to teach the next generation all these spiritual values. Jesus asked the, the people the question, why are you following me? I like to expose, you know, things from the, from the core. One of, one of my friends yesterday, you know, I was in the midst of prayer. He called me from America. I was just, I couldn't stop. While I was trying to answer, you know, the phone, you know, it was tongues coming out. I just, just, <laughs> he, had to, he said, I'll call you back. Then later when we spoke, he said, wow, what a way to call, what a way to call, you know, to call people in the midst of prayer. It's the only solution I've got. Without that, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm a dead man. That's the only thing I have left that I'm hanging on to. 
if I be a man of God. If you're a man of God, you don't know when to call fire down, then you're not a man of God. There's a time to call fire down. There's a time, hallelujah, to just be in the closet. And just loving God. If I cannot spend the time with him. To know when to call fire down. To know when to give a prophetic word. To know what to do at every given situation. Listen, listen. My job. Is to be in the spirit. To give, to hear from God. And give clarity and direction to those who will be coming my way. There will be people God will be sending into my way. And that's why I say, I'm not saying people must go and walk in the world and get, do business and do all of that. But listen, when they are confused in their business, when they need a direction, they come to people like me. I cannot be in the same business they're doing. I cannot be running and chasing money. And then they come to me and I'm also telling them what they already know. I mean, how, I won't, how would that sound? After yesterday, I was trying to fix certain things. When I finished, spent close to about six hours. When I finished, I went into prayer. I was so tired. I was so drained. But it's like, no, no. You've got to refresh yourself, replenish yourself. So I went into the place of prayer. I understood what I'm doing. These things, nobody pay you for it. Nobody rewards you for it. But I know someday somebody's going to walk into my space, into my life. Somebody's going to listen to my message. And the, the, the word will resonate. They will say, wow, that's what I need. That's what I need. That's my job. That's my job. That's my calling. To give the nation sight. That's who I am. To give people in the marketplace sight. I don't have to be in the marketplace to know what's going on in the marketplace. I don't need to be, you understand, in the parliament to give people in the parliament sight. Because I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. I'm hearing. I'm interacting with the throne room. And they speak to you about what is going on down here. They tell you that's what's going to happen tomorrow before the newspaper hallelujah yes comes tomorrow and give you the news they already told you this is what is going to be happening that's what the prophetic is all about so if i'm running around trying to chase money and trying to chase getting the house and trying to chase getting the car and trying to chase god knows what listen i would have missed my calling and people will still be saying hallelujah what a man of god when I went to Johannesburg, I saw the things that God did. I can't remember the year I laid my hands on people. You say pray for people physically, you know, stop praying. I can't remember when I did that. But you see, when the time comes, the thing just kicks in. It just kicks in. The word of knowledge was just kicked in. Word of wisdom, everything just kicks in. And you just see God move. Yes, it's been there. If you call your call, you just need to continue to build that thing and replenish that thing and daily work on that thing. You understand this, friends? Can you see the authenticity to what we're dealing with, what we're talking about? I am not moved and carried. There are days that you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know where the next meal is coming from. You don't know what, the, you know. You keep doing what God will have you do. Because to the things of God, money is never an issue. 
what we are chasing and running after as secondary is their love, is their compassion, is their grace. No matter what you've been through as a man of God, the grace, the calling of God never dies. And don't let the experience of yesterday shut you down to the point that you lose your voice. Arise! The word of the Lord is upon your lips. Go and declare the words of this life, the ways of this life. Find the gate again and position yourself. And, start, and stop romancing, you know, the past that is dead. Leave your father's house, Abraham, to the land I'm going to show you. Open your eyes. And start seeing the things God is showing you about this new day. And start entering into the demand of God for this new day. The Emas. He's got giftings. But he was not mature enough. When he ran and outran the person they sent. That's the word. He outran the Kushite. An Ethiopian man. A black man was sent. To take the word to the king. Ahimaaz outran him. Because he's gifted. And he thought the gift would give him a place. Would give him a voice. It is a gift. That submit and surrender. To the fruit. That gives you a voice. You, you see. You see jo jo Joseph was gifted. Joshua were gifted. They were all gifted. Samson was gifted. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. Gifted people. Sarah was gifted. And yet she could recognize that in Abraham there is lordship there. She called him my lord. You can be gifted and be blind to the things of God. And be blind to the instructions of the spirit. And be blind to the demand of God. But you're gifted. There are people who are highly gifted. But their character. Stop them from getting. The job. Stop them from getting the contract. Stop them from seeing. That important person. Stop them from entering the next thing. Their character stinks. But they're gifted. I mean, this, this teaching this morning should be titled, The Gift is Not Enough. The gift is not enough. Your gift is good, but your character stinks. You pollute the atmosphere when you come in. I say you pollute the atmosphere when you come in. Your character, you know, just create a different atmosphere, but you're gifted. I don't want such gift. This is the reason the Bible says it's, it's better to live on a, on a rooftop of a house than to live with a woman, all right? Yes, that has no sense of understanding. And that could be, that could be applied to any, any person, not just a woman. Live with, you know, headache, you know, prideful people. Have you noticed something about Jesus? 
is the most gifted person, yet is the most humblest person. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. Suffering has a way of molding and building our character, our values. If you go to a place where they tell you it's not the call of God for you to suffer, they are killing you and killing your calling. Because God will deliberately put you into a certain place to refine your character so the gift can function effectively. Zabayadabo. The gift is not enough. Joshua, highly gifted, powerful, but he was entrapped by the cunning, by the deception of the Gibeonites. Joseph was highly gifted. They tried him. You see, every one of us, every gift must be tried. Potiphar's wife said, I know, in fact, I cannot resist your gift. Your gift is just too amazing for me. I want a piece of that gift. If it's in our day, people will say, come on, come try it. <laughs> come have it. After all, you're the madam of the house. Listen, your gift is sacred. It's not to be toiled with. It's not something you joke with. That's why I said, you know, that you must go read some of these materials we've written before. Where, you know, we were talking about these things. I think it was the one we did on vision. Yes. The material we did on, we did a series of teaching, then I did a write-up, almost like a, a mini book. You know, it, it's titled uh, uh, Vision, Purpose, and focus, yes, that's that's a that's a title. Vision, purpose, and focus. I'm sure if you go to you know my website, just search for it on PDFs and book, you'll find it there. I think so. People think because you have a gifting that that is enough. No. Have you seen how the devil has destroyed people with gift? Highly talented people. Have you seen that? In fact, that's, that is not just happening today in the world. It's also happening in the church. Because these people are gifted, but they are not broken. So the gift push them up, lift them up. And because they don't have a character life to maintain that status, they come back down crashing. You understand? They're like Umpty Dumpty who sat on the high wall. Umpty Dumpty had a great crash. All the king's men could fix Umpty Dumpty. Many of us are like Umpty Dumpty. You're sitting on the wall. You think you've arrived. You think that you, you, are, you have, you know, you've achieved. And they come and just one little thing. Puncture you. Puncture that pride. Puncture that ego. Because that's what happens when you start getting promoted. When you start getting lifted. God lift me up. <laughs> lift me up to a high place. Yes, they will lift you up. <laughs> but if you are not ready for the, for the lifting. Ah, what a crash. What a crash it will be. That's the story of that guy. Please, I beg of you, go read that scripture. 
Absalom died. They needed somebody to carry this sensitive news. You know, there are certain news that are too sensitive. That, you know, back in the days, in the, in, you know, where, you know, when you, you, you used to have, you know, the, 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 the village kind of leadership. Those people are wise. You know, you, you, you think it's the West that brought civilization. No. African has been civilized. Oh, come on. You don't want to hear that. You better hear the truth. Civilization did not come from, from the West. It didn't come from the Europeans. Sorry. Well, read your history properly. We're trying to be funny. I'm just telling you it's reality. Because you see these people walk in wisdom. The chief. They have people who minister in terms of carrying the message of the of the king of the chief to the people. They know how to how to deliver the message. When the chief, amen, wants to bring healing and deliverance, he wants to do something or say something important. There's a caliber of people that they raise. It's not like today where everything is hijacked by all kinds of crazy people. No. They understand that ministry. He, the, the king, the chief, understands his place. He understands his calling. So there's something that he needs to do. There are people that are close to the king that must, you know, carry that message, you know, release that message in a particular way, in a particular form. The same thing, somebody needs to pass a message to the king. You can't just walk straight into the king's palace and start spitting things. There are protocols. They understand the protocol. What I'm saying is, this guy, Ahimas, did not understand protocol. He became familiar with the things, with sacred things, with important things. Oh, I love when the Spirit of God speaks and we touch all kinds of dimensions and get certain people angry. Not because I want them to be angry, but because this is the day of the truth. The truth, you know, is what sets you free. So we can be touching the things of God and you still have this, you know, European, you know, mindset. You still have this westernized mindset, not the kingdom of God. You won't touch the things of the kingdom. The things of the kingdom are not captured, limited, bound, hallelujah, to, to human narrative of history. We must understand these things. You see, when my day comes, I will be high up there. But I would have been so ready and so prepared, understanding why they brought me there like Joseph. That that position will not really make any difference in my life. Amen. I will just hit the ground running. All right. All right. Seven years of farming, seven years of abundance. Come on, let's start constructing things. Let's start building things. Yes, that thing I won't be bothered about resource because the resource is already there. All the resource that Joseph need. I mean, there are things God has embedded in my spirit. I don't have the resource. My time has not come yet. If my time comes, the resource will be kissing. Amen. The gift. <laughs> yes, heaven and earth will be kissing each other. Mercy and truth will be kissing each other. That's how you know when your day has come. Everything will be speaking, amen, yes, to one thing. 
everything will be flowing amen all the four heads of river would have come amen and meet themselves again four heads of river flew out of eden when your time comes they'll be flowing back into eden where's eden is in you they'll be flowing back into you there'll be people walking to you and say hey that thing you want to do here's the resource <laughs> and guess what you will not be distracted because all those things you'll be delegating but they will be running it amen yes the way heaven showed you build according to the pattern i showed you excuse me did moses build but who got the vision it was moses your vision is not just for you alone it's for a company it's for a tribe all those tribe amen that ought to build with me i've not seen all of them yet but they are coming they're coming they've heard We've heard of you. We've heard of the news. We've heard of the greatness of God in your life. We have seen, we have heard, and we're journeying. When they heard, when they saw the star, they all made their way into Jerusalem. Where is the king born today? In Bethlehem. We sing his star. I wouldn't need to be worrying my head about, you know, money to do God knows what. All, I, all my desire and passion is not for myself. I've never desired anything for myself. You want to build a posterity. If you want to build for God, you have to wait on God. Meaning that you have to wait for His season. You have to wait for His time. When time and season collide, then your day have come. Is somebody still there? Don't be in a hurry. And don't procrastinate when the time comes. You have to live in the balance. Is somebody listening? Thank you, Father. All right. I know what I'm going to do. We're going to round up this one. It's certainly God has a way of leading and giving clarity and direction. Amen. This one, it should be titled, The Gift is Not Enough. But let's close with this scripture because I'm looking at the time now. And um, the next meeting we're going to have, promise me that you're going to make it the next time. All right? Then I will speak about, you know, uh, uh, the Caleb's, you know, uh, uh, paradigm. We've not really you know gone deep into it but you know god has a way of really emphasizing you know truth to whoever is watching whoever needs to hear this but let me go to this scripture as i land up on one of the scripture the lord dropped you know dropped in my spirit all right to speak about this particular you know subject on you know strategic occupation or occupying till christ returns all right that is what we've been tracking for a while. Occupying, that is, amen, the vision God gave to us, amen. The vision of, of, of occupying, of, you know, till Christ return. Advancing the mandate of God's kingdom in Babylon. So that, that, that tells you what we're dealing with. Hallelujah. So we want to. We want to mind the father's business in 2024 and of course in seasons to come all right and then we went further and we began to track this concept 
Remember, we did a, a, a series of teaching on what is known as calibrating your vision. Now, I'm just going back to all of this to show you the, the concept or, if you will, the principle of how we are building into this, you know, value system. It is a value system. All right. Your spirit must be armed with certain understanding, with certain competence, certain skill. All right. Certain, you know, revelation. Remember, revelation is a mystery. Revelation is that which has been revealed. And if it's revealed and you have taken it, you build it into your spirit, it enhances you. That's how we grow. We grow in the things of the spirit that comes through revelation. All right. And then we check the scripture. Love the scripture in Acts chapter 26, uh, verse 19 to 20. Paul said to King Agrippa, when they bring you before the king, you must have the voice. Many people are brought before the king. You know what they do? They lose their voice. Because the presence of the king is so influential, so powerful that you, in fact, you forget your name. You can lose your voice when you stand before the king. You can lose your vision when you stand before the king. You can lose your prophetic edge when you come before the king. There's just something about the presence of the king that if you are not sure, if you are not certain, if you have not been groomed, if you have not been built up, if you have not been trained, I'm telling you, when you stand before the king, you will forget your name. You will begin to stammer. <laughs> oh God. I don't mean to be funny, but I know what I'm talking about. There's a value. There's a dimension of a life. Amen. There's a, there's a reality of the kingdom that must dawn on you. So when you stand before the king, you deliver the message without any, amen. You know, you give dossier the Lord. The presence of men can make you change your mind. The presence of men and I'm just talking about kings now can make you <laughs> they say when you get before the king you better know what to say huh? you don't go and begin to say the king will die and lose his <laughs> hello you're coming before the king and you're bringing a word that he may not like to hear we will chop off your head you're not going to live a life. You need to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for you to say, only what the Lord has given to me, I will say. You know, you want to go into business and you have not met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you're talking about all the modalities to put this business together and because this person comes with money and influence and all of that and this person say well this is how it's going to be it's going to be 60 40 you take 40 i take 60 because i'm going to be doing that, 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 that but you know that what you're contributing to that business what you're going to be contributing is going to enhance and you don't have the authority you don't have the power you don't have the wisdom you don't have the boldness like they would say you don't have the balls to say hey no it's going to be 50 50 in fact supposed to be me 60 you 40 if you have the mindset of just survivor well i just take whatever comes to me whatever falls from the king's table whatever falls from the king's table i will be okay with that at least i'll be able to pay my bond the bond i'll be able to pay you know you know you know 
If you have that kind of a mindset, you can't represent God. You have to understand that God is bringing us into a dimension of resource that is not because of us. You know, I used to have a, a mindset. I used to have a resource. I just need money to do what God wants me to do. No, 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 no. You need money to do what God will have you do in the life of people God is going to be committing into your hand. So the money is not yours. So if God said, no, I need, I want to give you a billion US dollars. It's not because, amen, you're Isaiah, you've been so faithful and God wants, no, no, it's not because of you. It's because God wants to use you to do something bigger than you. So don't have a mindset of, it's me, it's not you. So start working on that vision and stop limiting yourself. You have to see beyond yourself. The vision must outlive you. So when next time you're sitting and you're making that decision or you're going into that contract, consider those that will benefit from it. I was sharing with one of our sisters said, you know what? The devil is fighting people in the marketplace because the devil knows that all right, the resource that enhances the things of God comes from the marketplace. So if you can shut people down in the marketplace, and I'm talking about believers, if you can frustrate you out of that post, out of that position, if you can create race one crazy person in your office all right to to make your life hell and you think it's just because of me ah this person is always on my case this the, 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 the day and this person and this person and you think and you shift away from that place you've shifted from amen the channel god needed god needs amen to continue to flow the things of god into the house you see the strategy now if you don't have a renewed mind when you think of things like that, you think, well, well, maybe it's because you're saying this so that, you know, money can continue to come to you. If God can provide for the ravens, excuse me, God can use the ravens to provide, provide for the prophet. If God can use a, a poor widow to provide for, don't you think God will use anybody to provide? We're moving beyond self selfishness and self-centeredness. We're coming into the place of understanding why we are given certain position, why we are given certain location, where we, why we have been allotted certain place to occupy. Esther, you've been brought to this place for such a time as this. Joseph, you've been brought here for such a time as this. Those things should inform your character, your sense of vision, your sense of understanding. Do you understand this? I want wealth. I want to be rich. But not at the detriment of the vision. I want to have money. A lot of it. Because when I look around... I see what I can do with money. And God have tested me before with money. And you've seen what I can do with the little he gave to me. So I want more of that. To, to give the vision a voice in the ground. I want to build a rehabilitation center. I want to build, you understand, a center that will minister to People in ministry, men of God, who need a place to go and rest for a while. Minister to them, build them up, encourage them, renew them. You understand? You know, minister to them, release them back into the field. We don't have such. Maybe few. 
want to build a place where we can have you know our own lab you know get into all kinds of you know understanding and 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 technical things and technological things you understand and create you know apps that can enhance the things of god we live in a world where apps rule software rule why not have place things like that we live in a world amen where you know the work of arts you understand yes speaks volume music and you know paintings when I have things like that you know, I'm just sharing some of my own vision these are things that money can easily resolve there are people who their understanding of, of God and the things of God worship and music you know go together want to create you know certain sound that can enhance how you pray I was I was using certain sound to pray yesterday I said God you know you can't even play these sounds out if I play them I mean I'll be liable can't we have our own lab you know our own music studio where you know you have the best of the skill you bring them and play this kind of so we can release something into the atmosphere There's so many things we can do that people have the money but don't have of course it's not given to them i'm talking about things that can minister to the church the body of christ and even to the world Is somebody listening so I hope this is beginning to change your wineskin, your paradigm. Occupying till Jesus come in Babylon. Had you occupy a place in Babylon? Almost every place in Babylon has been occupied. Have you noticed that the land God gave to the, you know, to the children of Israel, the land of Canaan, was already occupied by the Canaanites? The Canaanites are warriors. These are, you know, guys who have been enslaved for 430 years. Being led into a place. Yes. Many of them, you know, are good masons, but they are not good warriors. <laughs> so God said, I will take them through, amen. Yes. The longer route to learn how to war, to learn how to fight. Have you read that in the scripture? Stop, stop, stop praying God just bring me in no before they bring you in they will prepare you and they're using Isaiah Phillips right now to begin to change your paradigm to begin to prepare you to begin to listen this is school of ministry this morning I was praying as I was praying and the Lord said to me what you're doing is school of ministry all my life amen those who know me I've always you know trained leaders I've always trained people called into leadership position I hope you know that leadership position is not just about portfolio we've been training preparing and building hopefully we'll do more of that next year run you know you know a mentorship school a school of ministry to build and to empower people so they can enter into their destiny some of you God is empty, empty, emptying all of the nonsense you have been feeding yourself with. But you need a place, alright? Yes, to now, you know, fill you with the right thing. And God may be directing you to this place. Let 
let us know if that's what God is doing in your life let me know I want to be mentored I want to be trained I want to be equipped I want to be built up I love what I'm hearing I want more of this listen that is different from just every Sunday you listen to me and you get excited about it no we want to monitor your growth, your development. I want you to have interaction with me, but you have to be called into this thing. You have to say, this is what I want. You understand? It cannot be, you know, doing it here and there. You can't, you can't be jumping into this thing and flying into this thing by night. You don't want to be, you understand, uh, uh, you know, this guy who came to Jesus in the night. You want to open up and say, listen, and that, of course, gifts like this will require that you humble yourself. I need sight from you. I need grace. I need wisdom. I want understanding. I want to grow. I want this thing that you're talking about to be part and parcel. You have to make it, you understand, uh, 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 an open thing. I know a lot of people follow me. They like what they're hearing, but they just follow it incognito. No, you have to. I don't charge for it, but you have to be able to commit your resource to it and say, because... God is using you to impart my life, to bless my life, to change my life, to change my vision. I'm committing my resource to this thing. Yes, it's part of the principle of heaven. So I'm not fussing, I'm not begging you, I'm just saying. You want to accelerate your life. You want to bring this thing, amen, to speed. You want to come into maturity. Materials. We did a material. I mean, I did a material we use in Johannesburg on vision. It's another level. I, I mean, that material is in another level. It's like every time you touch this thing, God just speaks to you. And God just brings you to a, a deeper insight. I want to teach on that. Train people on some of these things. Why? Because vision is not sterile. It's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. How do you find the next voice of God for your life? You see, when you have vision, you think, oh, well, I know about vision. No, they don't, you don't know about some of these things. <laughs> these are fresh things the Lord is bringing. These are, these are fresh perspective, fresh insight, fresh understanding. The Lord is bringing into our space in this season. We want people that we can infuse this grace into their life so they can run with that which God has committed into their life. Amen. Are you fine with this? We're done for this morning. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. Glory to the Lord God Almighty. Dynamics of the kingdom. Dynamics of the kingdom. Dynamics of the kingdom. Hallelujah. The principle of occupying till Christ's return. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name this morning. We glorify you. What a way you've spoken. Let's round up this morning. Friends, the next time, hopefully tomorrow, who knows, maybe this evening, maybe this evening, I'm going to come back and expatiate on the Caleb's paradigm. All right? We're going to expatiate on the Caleb's paradigm. You don't want to miss this one. I thought I was going to, you know, really go deep into this this morning, but certainly the Lord has something uh, 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 different that he wanted us to look into. And I'm glad we did. I'm glad we followed the voice of God. I'm glad we followed the directions of the Lord. All right. I tell you, give glory to God because our God is good. His mercies endures forever. What are we doing? We're preparing ourselves for the coming year. Right, and we're preparing ourselves, amen, for the next thing God wants to bring us into. 
we're living beyond 2024. You say, how do you know that? Because of the vision. Vision defines how we live. Vision defines our status on earth. Vision defines how, how long we're going to live on earth. So, if you have not stepped into your vision, there's no death on your path. So, we can talk about 2024 beyond. And some of the things we're going to be tapping in Caleb. Amen. With all the craziness that happened in, in, in and around his life for 40 years, Caleb was not touched. The vision sustained him. Come on, friends. Let's bless the Lord this morning. Let's glorify God. Bless him. Bless him. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of praise. God, hallelujah, is doing a new thing in this church. He's bringing us into a sense of wisdom, understanding. We rejoice in you this morning. We celebrate you this morning. Come on, take your place at the gate. Honor him this morning. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We worship you. Thank you for the way you've been speaking to us. Thank you, Father, for the way you have been dealing with us. Thank you, Father, for the powerful emphasis this morning. We hear you loud and clear. Your voice is not distorted. We hear the clarity of your voice. Yes, if the, if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will be prepared for war? Thank you once again that you have prepared us because we heard. We have listened and we are responding. Your honor, oh God, your glory, your fame, oh God, we will continue to declare. Take your place. Have your way this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Come and rejoice wherever you are. Bless his holy name. Pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your will and purposes. Hallelujah. Thank you for entrance, entrance into new dimensions, into new emphasis. Thank you, Father, for your glory and grace uh, that never fails, that will never cease. Uh, morning by morning, oh God, we will continue to declare, hallelujah, your will and purposes. Thank you for this platform, Potter's Gate. We will continue to bring your word. Your word will continue to minister life to us. Your word will continue to minister grace to us. Your word will continue to keep us on the cutting edge. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we give you glory. We lift your name on high. Hallelujah. Be glorified. Occupy. Strategic occupation. We thank you, Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. We lift your name on high, Yahweh. We bless you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Is your vision calibrated? Is your vision renewed? If you don't have one, run to God. God, open my eyes. Help me to see the reason why I live. Help me to see the reason why I live. Help me to see the reason why you gave me that gift, that talent, that ability. Don't let the devil hijack your ability, your giftings. You can be highly gifted and the devil hijacks that gift. Why? Because you have not grown into the maturation. You have not grown into the understanding of why they gave you that gift. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done this morning. Oh, we rejoice in you. We celebrate you. Our heart rejoices. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friends, well, I'm done this morning. I hope you have been blessed. I hope these words have really touched your life, empowered you, enriched you. I hope you've been so, you know, uh, 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 edified by these words. 
We want to thank God for the way God once again has spoken. His word will not return to him empty or void. His word will accomplish everything that he has ordained them for. Amen. May God continue to lead and guide you. May you continue to perfect his intentions and, and, and purposes in your life. May you continue to grow in the vision. Amen. Man shall not, dra- in, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And they say where there is no vision, amen, the people cast off restraint. I pray that you will continue to live in the tightness, in the narrowness, amen, and in the broad road of God's vision for your life. God bless you, friends. We'll see you again. Have yourself a fruitful day, amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.